0: Today I'm going to talk about touring around Italy. This past December, I had the opportunity to tour around Italy. I grabbed a few friends and we decided to visit several destinations that we hadn't seen before. My friend Kelly lives in Germany and since I was visiting my daughter Katie there, uh, we decided to start there. Candy just moved to Italy and she would join us in Milan and we would begin from the north. None of us had been to Lago di Maggiore or Lake Maggiore, Montepulciano or Vincenza. We also wanted to visit our friends in Piemonte who we hadn't seen since COVID started. So here's how we did it and how you can too. I like to travel and stay at unique B&Bs or boutique hotels, sometimes apartments because I feel more like a local. So I've included where we stayed, some good eats, wine information, shopping and more. Here's a travel tip you need to know before you go if you're traveling by car. Whether you fly into Switzerland or Munich, you'll need a vignette for your car. Vignettes are a country toll charge. You'll need to purchase this in advance and place it in the front window prior to driving through the border crossing. If you're renting a car, be sure to tell the rental car company. They may add the vignette to your rental. It's about 40 Swiss francs or 45 euros. We needed one for Austria as well, and the Austrian vignettes can be purchased at gas stations prior to crossing a border. You'll definitely want to do this before crossing over. That sounded bad. (laughs) Austrian vignettes are for 7 to 10 days. You can also purchase an annual pass if you're touring around Europe for an extended period of time. So you definitely want to do that. I've included some of the links in the description below. So let's begin the itinerary. Our first stop was Lago di Maggiore or Lake Maggiore in the town of Verbania. So Kelly and I took off from Germany made our way through Switzerland. Austria at the time had closed its borders for transit because of COVID restrictions so we just changed our route a bit and went through Switzerland. No worries. Lake Maggiore was quite a surprise for me. I've been to Bellagio and Lake Como quite a bit, and I've toured Verena and Menaggio with my small groups, and they're both stunning. It's everything George Clooney says and more. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of Lake Garda. I've explored this lake from the north in Limon Sul Garda to the south, Desenzano and Sermione, Italy's lakes are astounding, and they're sandwiched between the Alps, and they're really green in the summer, but they still have their snow caps. They were cut out by glaciers between 47 and 15,000 years ago, and today they bring tourism, commerce, and industry to the area. They're unforgettable and breathtaking. I definitely recommend a must-see. We arrived on a Sunday in Verbania, just in time for their holiday festival. Verbania is located on the western shore to the south of the lake, and is one of the most visited towns on Lake Maggiore. Shops were open and COVID safe. To find out more about traveling through Italy and Europe, check out my latest blog and vlog. It's called European Travel Tips 2022. I have a lot of travel tips in there to know before you go, or even to start planning. So first up, let's talk about the cool digs we stayed in and the accommodations in Verbania. It's called the Hotel Casa Camilla. This is just off the main promenade of town, and we were within walking distance of the old town, the harbor, the cool architecture, shops, and restaurants. We met owner and operator Ivan Arbutelo, who was super sweet and delightful, and I've included more in the interview that you can see in the upcoming vlog on my YouTube channel. The links will be below. Verbania is a lovely city to walk around and explore. I've included several photographs in the blog and you can walk through the town in the upcoming vlog as well. Church bells were ringing throughout the day and thankfully we arrived mid-afternoon so we had plenty of daylight and early evening to explore. I wish we would have stayed longer, maybe next time for sure. There are three islands and two islets between Verbania and Stresa to the south as well. Isola Bella is the island most visited, and these are definitely on my must-see next list. Ivan hooked us up with dinner reservations at Ristorante La Lateria, one of their partner businesses. It was super delicioso and close to our accommodations. We enjoyed some punterelli, which is chicory, with fried cheese and anchovies. Puntarelli was grilled and sauteed in olive oil and served with a fried mozzarella ball. It is considered a winter vegetable in Italy and it actually comes from the Romano or Rome region. I imagine the Roman soldiers brought a lot of dishes with them along their travels north. In keeping with my vegetarian attempts while traveling, I also enjoyed some four cheese gnocchi and Kelly had some pasta with ragu. We had a lovely, lovely night, and after dinner, we decided to walk around town and explore. We found some lovely shops with clothing, leather goods, shoes, meats and cheeses, art, and bakeries. But as darkness started to set in, we made our way back to the Hotel Casa Camilla. And after a very full first day back in Italy, knowing it had come to an end, we were heading to Milan tomorrow to pick up our girl candy. Here's another travel tip. Before you arrive at your destination or hotel or Airbnb, etc., ask questions of your host. Where should we eat? Would you mind making reservations? Take the stress out of your planning and ask for help ahead of time. Hosts have never steered me wrong, and they truly want you to have an amazing, memorable experience. After picking up candy at the Malpensa Airport in Milan, we made our way to Piemonte. This stop in Piemonte was going to be a reunion. If you followed me for half a second, you know how much I love this region of Italy. Maybe it's because I was a Northern American girl. I grew up in Northern New York in the Adirondacks, but I am partial to lush farmlands and rolling mountains and just remind me of my youth. It's also home to some of my dearest Italian friends who live and work in Canelli and Calamandrana. After almost two years of COVID, we were all ready to see our friends again. Calamandrana is where I stay when I am anywhere near Asti or the Alba region. I must visit and stay with Denise and David who own the B&B KPSC. I have brought possibly a dozen small groups and families to stay with my sweet Piemonte's friends. One stay here and you'll understand why I love them so much. They are true culinary talents and greet you with wonderful breakfast and have quaint decor in their rooms that remind you of staying in a true Italian casa. Add in their generosity and kindness and warm hearts and you have an Italian home away from home. Calamandrana is also near Canelli in Piemonte, which is home to my favorite Italian wine, the Rustic Barbera. The Barbera wines in this region have the DOC or DOCG designation. It is also protected by UNESCO, and it's just an incredibly unique grape. If you're interested in taking a wine tour of the Piemonte region, let me know by sending me an email at wendy at travelwithwendy.net or commenting in this podcast. My three favorite wineries are the Cordera Winery, La Armanja Aseanda Agricola, and the Ilio Pironi. After our great visit in Piemonte, some wine tasting, lots of hugs, and a few tears, we loaded up the car with some wine and made our way to Tuscany. Candy, Kelly, and I have explored Tuscany quite a bit, but we've never been to Montepulciano. Wines in Europe oftentimes are named after the towns they're grown, sometimes even the grapes, and such is the case with Montepulciano. This grape is the most indigenous grape of Italy and in a lot of Tuscan wines, so we needed to explore this town because that fact was just super fascinating. It's located 738 meters high and the climate is quite intriguing too because even locals told me sometimes the weather in town is completely different from the valley below, which makes the grape growing quite interesting. One vintner explained there was a difference literally from one side of the mountain to the other. That was super cool. Same soil, just different sun. It all matters when you're growing grapes. So once we made our way to Tuscany by sundown, which is one of the most beautiful ways to enter this region of Italy, Malta Pucciano has immense history, gorgeous architecture, regional food, and is also famous for many on-location movie scenes like the Medici, Under the Tuscan Sun, the Twilight Saga, and about three dozen more. The girls and I immediately fell in love with Montepulciano, and I chose accommodations because they were located right in the heart of the city and the apartment's description was translated as the Count's Tower. We were right next to the St. Augustino Church. It was a perfectly restored Italian villa with a history abounding. Our host Bernadetta was adorable and was readily available with communication before we even arrived. She did only speak Italian, but I used Google Translate as I'm still in Italian class, and we were able to communicate with her 8-year-old daughter. (laughs) Also, parking inside the city of Montepulciano is a little bit of a challenge, so we had to park outside the gate and schlep our luggage in. Since we're staying two nights here and only had small bags, it wasn't a big deal. In older cities of Tuscany, the pedestrian areas don't have parking right in the Old Town area. You may see a few cars traveling on them, but it is mostly the tourist buses or the carabineer, which is the police and sometimes residents. Our third floor apartment was huge. It included a fireplace, a full kitchen, two huge bedrooms with sleeping capabilities for up to eight. We woke to amazing views and church bells at 7 a.m., Being on the third floor of an old building is also a good reminder to watch your purchases because you're going to have to lug those up the stairs. You really ask yourself, do I need to buy this? (laughs) This lovely apartment had a little bakery that was right outside. One of the highlights for visiting Italy is the great coffee and cappuccino. And make sure you try some Italian pastries as well. So we didn't feel the pressure to get up every morning and make our coffee because this was right there and so good. Thankfully, all the shops were open and store owners were happy to see us too. When touring and shopping, we remembered to carry our masks. The stores required them and they also wore their masks as well. A few shops we enjoyed in Montepuciano was the Romeria Mazetta. These were copper makers that had been doing copper works of art for 150 years in their family. And he was also good friends with Rick Steves, so you know travel friends. <laughs> there was also an art gallery that was amazing, Finestre Toscani, and this artist was so much fun to talk to. His English wasn't great, but we somehow translated and I was able to bring home a few treasures from there as well. We had a lot of fun walking the streets of this ancient Tuscan town, discovering all the shops, pottery, clothes, and wine tasting. Speaking of wine tasting, the streets that lead to the Piazza Grande are lined with anotecas and vinotecas. These are wine tasting stops. Some are full restaurants, while others just serve appetizers or small plates to complement the wines. Most of the wine tasting charged a fee or by the glass. On average, they were 15 euros for about six tastings, which were about two ounces each, but that was plenty of wine. <laughs> Molta Puciano wine is all made within the local region, and these Tuscans are passionate about education and the history of its wine. If you're fascinated with growing, harvesting, production, and viniculture in general, you need to stop at the Analytica de Consorcia del Vino Nobile. This amazing facility sits atop the ruins of the ancient fortress of Montepulciano. You can enjoy their crystal floor and you can taste every wine of the region for a small fee and also enjoy panoramic views of the Temple of San Biagio and the Valdicchiani and the Orcia. As another day was coming to an end, we were able to enjoy a lovely sunset and rest on the veranda with a glass of wine watching the sun go down. Tomorrow would bring us to Veneto and to the town of Vincenza. In my circles, Vincenza is known everywhere because it's also home to a US military base. Military folks cross their fingers to get stationed here. Unfortunately, we've never drawn that lucky straw. Located just an hour from Venice and about two and a half hours from Milan, also three hours from Florence, it's a great location. I know this area well, "'Around Vicenza because I've brought several small groups "'to Verona and to Venice. "'However, I've also gotten a little bit lost "'every single time I go. "'I call it the triple V vortex, "'Verona, Venice, and Vicenza. "'And such was the day we arrived in Vincenza. "'I always get turned around on E70. "'Oh, man, do I have stories.' But once we got straightened out and we made our way to our next apartment that was also in the city, we really had a great time touring. We did arrive in Vincenza starving and I've been told by fellow travelers I have blood sugar or hangry issues occasionally. Uh, but luckily we were right in the heart of a Christmas market or a mercatino de Natale. Since we didn't have a long time to explore the city arriving in late afternoon, I grabbed a ton of tourist information brochures to do a a bit more research for a possible visit in the future. If you walk the Corso Andrea Palladio, you'll find restaurants and shops that are just off the main piazza, the Piazza Domo, or it's near the Cathedral of St. Marie of the Annunciation. We had delightful weather walking around town, enjoyed shopping again, grabbed a bite to eat, and explored. Visiting Italy in December can be touch and go weather-wise, but we had five days of glorious sunshine. What a wonderful adventure. Thanks so much for coming along with me. I hope you were able to gather some travel tips for your next European adventure. I have lots of resources on my website for travel planning. You can also email me at wendy at travelwithwendy.net. I've got some big news coming soon. I'll announce more on my Facebook page and in my Facebook group, Travel Planning with Wendy, next Tuesday, January 25th. If you haven't joined that group, send me a request. I'll be happy to add you. I share travel tips and advice in this exclusive group. Thanks so much for joining me today. There's more information in the podcast description too. My podcast helps support small businesses and share authentic experiences around the globe. Remember to like, follow, and share my podcast. I'm also on Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest. For more information, travel specials, and more, sign up for my monthly newsletter. Till next time, remember, it's always an adventure when you travel with Wendy.